1: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast, your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort, the place to be.
2: Oh, mama! What a play!
1: Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. My name is Chris Plank, and we are as we tape this, seven days away from our first Saturday of college football. How about that? Now, we still have a little bit of time before the start of the Sooner season, so we're still about 15 days away from the start of the Oklahoma Sooner season. Sooners will open up on a Sunday night, if you haven't heard, against Houston. But we got a lot to get to, to get you excited about for OU and Houston. And as we tape this on a Saturday morning early I realized I probably haven't done a good job here on the podcast keeping track of our guys that are currently in camp, those who have established themselves and those who are battling for jobs. So we're going to wrap up today about the final 10 minutes of the potter. So talking to Zach Jackson, who covers the Cleveland Browns for the athletic, kind of get some perspective on what Baker has meant to this team what Baker has meant to the city and also don't forget we have Austin Seibert in Brown's camp as well too so we got a lot to get to on the podcast today so let's get things rolling Jessica Cootie has been front and center with her Sooners in 60 reports from practice and she caught up after the first full scrimmage the Sooners had of their fall camp with Lincoln Riley after
3: the scrimmage this week
4: all right coach well first scrimmage under the lights here tonight how'd you like the team did today
3: it was fun, you know. We put them in a lot of, a lot of different situations. Kind of a, you know, accumulation of all, all you've done in camp, and now you kind of just see. You, you get on the sidelines. You, you don't, you don't really coach them. You just let them go play and, and call the game. And we, we, played with a lot of different lineups on both sides. Exposed a lot of new guys. There were ups and downs on both sides. We, um, you know, offense had some, uh, some nice explosive plays. The defense had a couple of turnovers, especially in some key situations. And so, uh, good back and forth, like you would expect and hope.
4: What specifics do you look for here in the first scrimmage that it may be different from anything else?
3: Uh, just, you know, do, do guys have the deer in the headlights look? Uh, do guys trust, you know, what they've been coached on here for the last two weeks? You know, how when they get out in this situation, you're not standing out there with them. How do they handle it? And uh, and then we're looking at, you know, playing different combinations of people together you know, on both sides of the ball and seeing kind of how that all fits. So uh, I think for the most part our guys handled it well. Uh you know, it was good, good, clean hitting. Uh, we had, you know, didn't have any injuries, came out clean on that, which was great. And uh, so we'll keep moving along.
4: And you've talked a lot about building chemistry and how important that is. How do you feel like that is now, especially that you've had a scrimmage?
3: It's grown a lot. It's grown a lot. And it just helps a lot just getting in this situation under the lights here. Best place to play football in, in the world right here. And, and uh, our guys appreciate it. They were really excited to play. Um, you could tell it had a different field than a normal practice. And that's what you want with this.
4: And how do you feel like your quarterbacks managed today?
3: Uh, pretty good, pretty good. We had a couple of decisions and some, uh, in a couple of the situational stuff that we need to do better, but other than that, uh had, had one of our more clean practices. I uh, thought all three of them did well.
4: And just the energy level that this defense is bringing, uh, how much is that kind of just raising the level of everyone here?
3: It is, it is. No, it's it's. you feel it. It, it certainly made a difference uh, with, the, with the guys offensively. Um, you could tell that you know, if, you're, if, if your energy's not there, they're just going to be so far above you that they can outplay you in a heartbeat. And, uh, you know, the thing I love that's been consistent, it hasn't just not been there one day and there one day, it's been consistent, and that's what we need.
4: Last question for you, how do you feel like where your team is, do you like where they are now that you got a day off and, and moving forward as you move into more of the game week-like schedule next week?
3: Yeah, we're excited. We're excited about where we're headed. We certainly made some huge gains, you know, here in the <laughs> last few weeks, even just where we started to now. So, uh uh, never satisfied, but certainly happy with uh, and excited about where we're going, and we're going to need, you know, another good four or five days of prep here before we break out.
1: Again, I know that the quarterback battle is front and center on everybody's mind, but there has been no announcement yet from Lincoln Riley. There are some that speculate that maybe we could hear an announcement between Jalen Hurts, Tanner Mordecai, and Spencer Rattler at some point next week. But uh, coach, no announcement yet. We'll keep our ear open for who is the starting quarterback when they opened up against Houston on Sunday night. Meanwhile, there have been a lot of players who have caught Lincoln Riley's eye. Guys who have been around for a while that have worked hard, made improvements, and maybe thrusting themselves into a position to where they could get more playing time. Just one little quick note here from Coach Riley, who after practice as well talked about a few guys who have caught his eye.
3: They have. They have been real, real impressed with those guys. Jordan Parker's had a... Fantastic camp, I would say he's certainly been one of the you know i don 't say breakout, but I mean from what he's been through um, he's really in a great place right now uh and I would say his his presence right now is important for our team, and he's done a great job not not anybody probably in this camp I've been more proud of than him uh John Michael Terry's had an outstanding camp um, so yeah, it's good i mean that's there's some guys like that that are starting to get on you know towards the middle to back half of their careers. And uh, you always have to have guys like that step up and go play their very best. And uh, great teams have those guys that emerge and do that. And and so hopefully we'll have
1: that. So we stick on the offensive side of the football. Perhaps no unit has been more consistently successful in the last 10 years in the Sooner offensive line. And the main reason, Bill Biedenboe. But he's got his work cut out for him. Four new starters this year. And they popped the pads on this week. And Coach B liked what he saw.
5: You know, um, obviously, it's easier for an O-lineman. You know, we try to go, you know, play as hard as you can even when you don't have pads on. It's, it's only two days, but, you know, uh, it's just your mentality, you know, playing physical, finishing things, you know, being able to hit guys. That's the thing to change. you got to be a little bit more careful, you know, when you're, you don't have pads on. So that, that's, to, to me, the biggest thing.
4: How do you feel like? I know you were pleased with the progress during the spring. How do you feel like that's kind of picked up here in fall camp?
5: Yeah I think we had a um, we definitely had a better starting point. We are better than when we ended. Um, Just like everybody in the country we got a long ways to go. We're still inexperienced. We're doing better things. We're getting better. You know yesterday you know every day for the first three days I thought we got better. I didn't think we got better yesterday and those are the days we can't have we got to consistently get better and then we'll have a chance to be pretty good
4: still feel like guys are though pretty hungry for the opportunity that they've kind of been waiting for for
5: a while i do i do you can tell i can tell that they've really worked over the summer you know you can see it in their play again still got a ways to go but uh, i can see that they put in the time you know in the weight room studying things they know what they're doing better they understand the techniques better but it's just about the biggest thing for me is a consistency of doing it right all the time, every day, playing harp, giving great effort, using the right techniques. Pretty much assignment sound right now, but just being more consistent.
1: You know, there is some who think that maybe the depth chart, at least for the starters, is somewhat pretty solid right now. I mean, we can go ahead and sharpie in Creed Humphrey at center, but RJ Proctor at one guard. Marquise Hayes at the other, and then the tackles, Adrian Ely and, yes, Eric Swenson. We'll see if that's the five to start the season when Oklahoma takes on Houston. One final thought from the offensive side of the football. The running back position, the Sooners have an incredible amount of talent. Uh, I think so many times Trey Sermon gets overlooked, but uh, Jay Bulware has been impressed with the commitment to fitness that Trey Sermon has made during the offseason, and he is ready to go? Uh,
3: I wouldn't say thinner. Uh, I would say he's in better shape, best shape of his life uh, so far, and uh, he looks great. Uh, you know, his, his jump cuts are, are, are a lot better. His acceleration, uh, start to stop, is, is, is really improved. Uh, he had a big, long run the other day, uh, which in the past I think he would have got caught because uh, it was shoot maybe 70, 80 yards, and, but he finished it out. Uh, In the end zone. So that was that was really nice. So uh, it's good to see he's definitely a faster player. How fast? I don't know. But he's faster and he's a better better trade than he was a year before.
1: So if all eyes weren't on the quarterback battle, all eyes are on Alex Grinch and the defensive side of the football where the Sooners have brought in a new defensive coordinator, a new mindset, a new attitude. But it takes those on campus to buy in to help make it a complete success. And that's been one of the things that has caught Alex Grinch's eye so far. And let's not forget, there's some talent on this field defensively.
6: Well, I think part of it is, you know, you, you do have some guys that played a lot of snaps. And, and that's the one thing, um, you know, for me in, in this situation, a little different than the situation we took over for at Washington State because it, it was such a struggle as a team at that point. And, 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 you know, the, the difference here is, you know, the, the stage that these guys have been on is, 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 is uh, you know, everything that you, you want in our sport. And so, you know, you've you, you got to say, okay, well, the, the standard has been made, met from a defensive standpoint. However, it, it, you would be, uh, um, be inappropriate on my part to, to not give those guys credit for, you know, some of the, the atmospheres and the moments they've been in. I mean, that. so often you talk about what guys haven't been in, under the lights yet. They haven't been on the, on the big stage yet and all that. I mean, you, you look up and and these guys have been on, you know, the bulk of the guys, uh, you know, like the Nev's and, and, and uh, even a, a young guy, Ronnie Perkins, who they, they've been in the moment, man. They, they've been the, the elite of the elite in college football. Um, they've had to compete against and, and have found ways to win more than they've lost. And i got to give them credit for that.
1: So, Lincoln Riley, Bill Beatenbow, little Jay Boulware, Alex Grinch, we're ready. We're ready. Let's go. So we'll have a complete preview of the season coming up next week. I'm going to have my XM partner, and you hear him locally on the franchise, Gabe Eichard, sit down and kind of go in-depth on the Sooner roster. We're going to have Teddy Lehman on to talk about what we can expect from the new defense at some point next week. And, oh, yeah, we haven't had a chance to talk to Toby in quite a while. So Toby Rowland will come on the podcast with us next week as we count down to kickoff. I'm excited. You know, we all have those benchmark days that to us mean kickoff is close maybe it's Big 12 Media Day maybe it's Meet the Sooners Day or maybe it's something as minute as what I have today because today is our annual radio crew meeting and we do this a couple weeks before the start of the season we go over different ideas and thoughts so for me I'm pretty juiced up because this is one of those benchmark days to me that says aha kickoff is right around the corner by the way you can get ticket information there's a couple of new ticket packages that are available make sure you log on to SoonerSports.com, or you can go even more specific at sooner sports.com slash Tickets. All right, I mentioned in the open. I don't know if I've done a solid enough job of us keeping tabs on how our former Sooners are doing in the NFL. So depending on when you hear it or when you hear this, maybe it's it's already happened. Maybe it's getting ready to happen. Baker and the Browns are playing Cleveland. This are playing Indianapolis. The Browns are playing Indianapolis this afternoon at three o'clock. So I thought it might be a good time to head on up to Cleveland and talk a little bit about how things are going for Baker and Browns camp. And we are joined right now on the Sooner Sports Podcast by Zach Jackson. He covers the Browns for The Athletic. Zach, can you kind of take us through what Baker has meant to Cleveland and how he's changed the overall mindset and narrative of that franchise and, heck, maybe even of that city? Um, Do you have a couple hours? Sure. <laughs> take as long as you want, Zach. <laughs>
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, he's changed everything. Now, a lot has changed. Uh, Even before he was playing last year, there were 31 new players on the roster that weren't on the 0-16 team. Um, You know, and a lot has changed. Uh, The old coach wouldn't give him a single rep with the number ones last year in training camp, despite him being the number one pick in the draft. So they've changed coaches since then. Um, There's a whole new vibe. But Baker is a hero in Cleveland. He is popular with young, old um grizzled positive uh everyone he um has come in the building and given hope he i think most importantly because i think in the grand scheme um he hasn't done anything yet right because the idea is not just to uh you know win seven games however what's most important is that he is everything the Browns advertised him to be when they said this is our guy. And he's accurate, he's tough, guys gravitate to him, he works his butt off, all of these things. So it's all there for the taking. And, you know, understanding how low the bar has been in Cleveland because things have been so bad, historically bad, um, you can acknowledge that, yet at the same time say, oh my goodness, like... This, this could be the makings of, of a really good run here because it starts with the quarterback and they've not only put people around him, but he has he just energized and revitalized and just looks like there's some staying power here. So, uh, again, I, I just caution, the cynic in me cautions everyone <laughs> to keep the brake pedal handy. However, I've seen enough of this crap for so long to know that this is different and, and we'll see where it goes.
1: I've I've found this to be kind of the M.O. with Baker in that whenever people call him out or they try to question him like many of the national media do, he responds. Do you think that's why so many people kind of try to gig him and, and needle him for things like, oh, the, the celebrations or celebrating too much or anything of that nature? Is it because they know he's going to respond? That's kind of what I get sometimes, Zach. They know they'll be yeah. able to get a rise
2: out of him. <laughs> A lot of times, yes. Uh, you know, there's some built-in factors in that he he is the young, the Instagram generation. And Freddie Kitchens, you know, shrugs his shoulders and says, "This is what these guys have grown up with." You know, Baker's story is so different than most of these guys that get here and get anointed, especially in this day and age where we're earlier and earlier. We're trying to crown kids, right? And <laughs> Crown kings. Yeah. And and he was always slighted. So, you know, I'm trying. I I spent some time in his hometown this summer. Um, I've obviously been to. Uh, just about everything that he's been around in, in Cleveland and in the surrounding area for whatever. And I'm trying to kind of put this into words for a big story in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, he is at once, he is this angry chip on his shoulder. We'll never forget uh, who slighted him. will never stop hating Texas. will never stop hating Cliff Kingsbury. Right. But at the same time, he's like this charming uh, face of the franchise does things little things that people remember that it doesn't get told to, and just seems made for what you said. The the hate, the nitpicking, the all of it that comes with you know the, this growing profile and being a celebrity. So he is a celebrity quarterback, and uh, and that's fine. Uh, one thing I talked to Tim Couch about a couple of weeks ago. You know, who was the first pick of the Browns organization twenty years ago, and um, for various reasons it didn't work out is you know we just we kind of talked about baker's not johnny Manziel, right and, and it's completely unfair it always was um but you have to understand in cleveland and i think only clevelanders will really understand what i'm saying i know I'm, i know we're on at norman oklahoma right now is that because he had the arrest because he had the instagram because he had those things there was a little bit of link there and when baker got to the combine in 2018 and said all these things the right things about I, I'm the guy for the Browns, I'm not scared of this challenge, I will take it all on, I, I, I'll i guide the ship. People had just heard that so much that it didn't, they just weren't going to listen to it. They had to see it. And so we're only a year in. You know, frankly, we're only uh, 45 weeks since he took over. Uh, but it feels like that he's going to be right
1: I find it interesting because the way in which you talk about what Baker has brought energy, enthusiasm, belief – to the Browns, I saw it here in Norman. I saw it at the University of Oklahoma. You know, this was a team that hadn't played in a national championship site type setting since 2008. While they had quarterbacks that were Quarterback. setting setting records, they didn't have guys that really seemed to rally the troops. And then Baker Mayfield comes along, and here's a guy that he's going to make sure that you are ride or die with him. And if you're not, and you're not uh, on board with what he's doing, then he's got no time for you. It's, it's almost eerily similar to, well, Oklahoma had, had some success, they weren't going to the four-team playoff or a BCS championship game, whatever it had been. Uh, but when he got here, his first year as a starter, boom, they go to the Orange Bowl and they play the Clemson Tigers in the playoffs. Boom, they go to the Sugar Bowl and they beat Auburn after losing two of their first three games. And then his final season, they go to the Rose Bowl and probably should have played for a national championship. He almost reinvigorated the quarterback position here at Oklahoma, and he's reinvigorated this whole campus. Same thing in Cleveland now. It's, it's crazy to see.
2: He's changing lives, right? He got Lincoln Riley hired. He got Freddie pitchers <laughs> hired. <laughs> I, I I go I go back to I believe this is when he was in Norman, right? And he did the camp there, and and then he did the group interview, right? Right. And it was like he picked on Sam Eliger that day, uh-huh. right? And someone kind of asked him, like, you know, why 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 go there, Baker? Like, you got you've got the world, right? You've got all these things to worry about, and that's in your past. Like, why go there? And like the look on his face was kind of like, you're right, but hate the guy like (laughs) of course like this is what i do right (laughs) so so they're like not just anybody can get away with that right you know what i mean and 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 he just like he's he's natural like I, i i was telling someone the other day um we do the group interviews with him and it's become you know it's become so bad like the first day of camp there were so many reporters and cameras around. Like, I couldn't even get close enough to hear it. I was in another interview when it started, right? But you just watch Baker, and he, like, he gets five minutes of doing the canned answers and answering the questions and understanding this is a big deal for him as an NFL quarterback, right? Right. And then he kind of, he once challenged because that's him. He's kind of bored. So he just, he like snips back at a question or he like, you know, just glare at the person asking the question. And, and he's not being a word I can't say on the radio about it. He's being himself. <laughs> when when he's doing this and he's saying challenge me inspire me like let's rev this up a little bit because frankly i'm sitting here kind of bored uh and i know we got seven or eight minutes still to go
1: Zach Jackson is our guest at Akron Jackson hey two more quick ones and I'll let you run Zach Uh, first of all the unique bond that he's created with Freddie Kitchens also has another element to it how has his relationship with Todd Monken uh, have, have you seen how they've interacted together because I can imagine I've been around both of them I'm sure those could be some colorful conversations with some very intriguing words between Baker and Todd Monken
2: yeah, and I think there will be, but I can't speak to that now. Right. You know, okay. it's so early, right? Um, you know, here's the situation they've created. So they go get a Modell Beckham, who's, who might be the most gifted wide receiver on the planet, right? They hire Freddie Kitchens, who was has been in the NFL for a long time, going on 15 years now, but has never even called plays, right, until until last year. So they, as his coach, they hire Ryan Lindley, who's Freddie's hand-picked guy who played in the league, uh, down the list, basically the graduate assistant of the NFL level. They hired Tyler Tuttleton who you guys know well, yeah. and who worked with Oklahoma, worked with Baker at Oklahoma. Um, you know, they just surrounded him with with guys that relate to him and that, that can push him. You know, and they just try to make it as comfortable as can be. So, yeah, I mean, knowing those personalities, might something happen, but I just think right now um, they're they're still in, in such the early stages, and, and that's what's both. I think. People need to have a little caution about this, but that's what's so exciting. Is like, you know, Landry and Beckham are barely even participating full speed in practice most days, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they they just because they're, they're revving up the other guys, they're still installing things. They they have, I mean, Freddie called such an aggressive, an over aggressive at time g- game last year. Like they're not bringing that stuff out now. They're running basic plays. They're installing things and, and hammering on the fundamentals. So yeah, I mean. <laughs> You know, is there going to be a blow-up involving the Browns this year? Beckham, Freddie, Munkin, Baker, sure, right? Um, is it—is it? Does it mean doom? Or, it, you know, I don't know. I, I would rather have the personalities, the talent, and the aggressive mindset, which they all have. And I just got to say, like, this has not been every throw, every drill, every whatever. But after I thought the offense was kind of blah for about the first week of camp, Baker has absolutely thrown the ball like I've never seen the last few days it is absolutely unreal and it makes you believe that the, that the hype is real
1: let's go on this got to check in on my man Austin Seibert I know he's in a competition right now and I'd heard he struggled a little bit but how's it looking for him to potentially make this team and be their kicker
2: yeah you know I don't know anything about kicking <laughs> but I think Austin was pressing okay. I really do because when you watched him in the spring um, he it was, it was obvious he had a cannon for a leg. And he had a really, really difficult first week, like really bad. But they were like, it wasn't the same ball. You know what I mean? And it was like automatically missing. There's one of the practice fields where we stand when they kick field goals, sometimes our angle, you can't tell. Well, these were missing. They were obvious as soon as they left his foot and it had no chance. The the last few days, practice sessions, he's been better. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Um, you know, I, I know even if he recovers, I think you have to have some qualms about having a rookie kicker on this team, right? But uh, I would say he's been better. However, I would, he was really, really bad for about a week or so.
1: So the Browns and the Colts this afternoon at three. Good to hear Austin Seibert has bounced back. Good to see things are going better for him because I think he's got a great chance to have a long and solid NFL career. Well, that'll do it for a weekend edition of the Sooner Sports Podcast. I hope everyone has a great final non-college football weekend until 2020. Something like that. I mean, I think there might be a December day, but just go with it. We'll be back next week with a complete preview of the start of the Sooner season. Gabe Ike, Teddy and Toby Roland, all slated to join it. Thanks to Jessica Coody for all of the wonderful audio. Thanks to you guys for downloading and listening. Until next time, Boomer Sooner, everybody.
0: This has been the Sooner Sports
2: Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Soonersports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on
0: Twitter at OUOnTheAir.